Yeah. <clears throat> right, yeah. So um, I don't know where to start or how we're going to begin this. <laughs> we haven't done show notes or nothing. So this no, absolutely not. I mean, this is how we normally start. It usually starts with us in the middle of a chat about something. Yeah. But I think a couple of weeks ago, it was, what's your favourite take that? Or was that on Fiona's podcast? Um, but I mean, that's Realm of Fire. We just sort of chat. So, yeah. I mean, the best thing to do is probably just follow the old format. We can just talk about what we've been yeah. working on, any games we've played, and then just discuss Necromunda, what we want to go going forward and all that. Yeah, um, that sounds good. So we'll just, just do that, I think. Um, I mean, we didn't even do a welcome. Did we used to do a welcome? I don't think we even used to do a welcome. You know? No, you but went in, you, you did a cold start, basically. Cold start, just straight in. So, uh, I mean, keep all yeah. this in. Obviously, this yeah, is... Yeah, we'll uh, keep all this, this in. Is, this is gold. Editing is for cowards, you know, as I've always said. Welcome to the Realm of Fire, where I, Brendan, he, him, and my friend Rob, he, him, drop bombs and braggadocio about Games Workshop games. Content warning, this show is grown men dropping heavy-handed takes about toy soldiers. It's not to be taken too seriously. Also, strong language warnings apply. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit shit right listeners. now with gaming because, like, it's been good, but like again, mm-hmm. like the amount of people I know who've been catching COVID again yeah. is ridiculous. I know of it's true. one, two, at least two or three people recently, and that's just no, it's definitely three, and that's too frequent already, yeah. and it's just like, what is going on? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's, it's it's never gone away, has it? We, 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 we what's the uh, John Lennon line? COVID's over if you want it. Uh, <laughs> it never actually finished. Yeah. We just decided at some point. But you have got some face to face games in, haven't you? I have done face to face games. It's been good. Um, it's yeah. all been Necromunda. Um Excellent. And I think at some point I'm going to try and get a Adeptus Titanicus game in, Excellent. or finally play Aeronautica. Um, which have you not good. played it? I've not played it. No. Um, oh, oh actually, I've also got a game of Warcry in recently as well. So it's all been, it's all been decent. But yeah, Aeronautica is yeah. definitely on my list. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just, just there's too much stuff to play and not enough time. Uh, there between is. This You've hit and, the good ones. Yeah. Yeah, there's just not enough time between this and and day jobs and uh, mm. <laughs> freelance work, which is yeah crazy right now, and I cannot speak of whatsoever because it's all NDA. Uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. No, how I about mean, yourself, then? Let me think. I've been playing a lot of one page forty k and stuff. Um, yeah. Not as much um, fantasy as I'd like. I want to get back on the old Sigma train. Um, mm. Just because I've been listening to the Kragnos book, and I was like, "Yeah, Age Sigmar is cool." And I was having a chat with um, someone uh, in head office about this, and I realised the difference between um, Sigmar and 40k, and particularly when you talk about the fiction. And we, this is going on a little ramble, but this is Realm of Fire. Hello, everyone, welcome back. We're on our new feed, and we just ramble. Um, <laughs> the yeah. difference is, I think when you pick up a 40k book and you read it, you can picture everything. 
when they say we're going to get in this Land Raider Mark IV pattern Indomitus or whatever, you know, I'm just pulling some bullshit out of my head there. There's probably a model for it, and if there isn't a model for it, there's been a model for it in the past. But you can picture a lot of 40k because there's a product. And not to say the books yes. are just shifting product, but if they mention a light, an Argos, an Argos light lander, you're kind of like, oh yeah, cool, cool, I know what that is. I know, I know what that model looks like, and I know what that toy looks like. Age of Sigmar is still in the part where there's a lot of stuff that isn't a model, that isn't even in, in yes. artwork. They're still at a point where they can say, here's a free guild cog fort, and you're just like, I, I don't know what that looks like, so I'll use my imagination. Cool. What my friend thinks it looks like is different. It's not, here is the cog fort that you can buy in a box. It's here's a cool yeah, thing. Exactly. In Kragnos, there's a free guild company um, who are basically savages. They look like they're basically dark oaf, but they're sworn to Sigma. They're, they're covered in leathers and furs and stuff. Um, they just come from the realm of Gur, and they are free guild, but they're not the box set. You can't buy these models. You know, there's no uh, mm. uh, free guild of Gur. Um, and I really like that because it is back to that when the Warhammer worlds were that bit more fuzzy element you know where you still yeah. have those what what is that i don't know what that is so that's kind of cool you know yeah it's that's yeah. that's really interesting i think that's something we've seen with um with the roleplay games with soulbound as well is that yeah. they likely have had to ask some really interesting questions to develop that yeah. because you know what is day-to-day living in a settlement or city like you know who, in other words, who who is who's doing the farming is always the classic question. I mean, that was always in um, in Warhammer Fantasy, and yeah. that eventually that those those uh, those lines those gaps got painted in, and we have some sense of it. And mm-hmm. I guess what we're learning slowly is what is age what is the world of Age of Sigma like when you're not mm-hmm. on the front lines and that's always the big yeah. question because we only experience through the war games these settings at the extremities at the big mm-hmm. battles or the mm-hmm. um or or I say big battles but also like the yep. the turning points where it's like the yeah, small the, kill team doing something or something, something yeah, like the that. sharp you're always at the sharp point whether it's it's yeah. a massive battle or it's you are an elimination team there's always yeah you're always in conflict mm. okay that's cool yeah i've been yeah. on a similar vein i've been watching uh i've been watching the interrogator series on warhammer plus oh yeah and we need to talk about this because we do i have yet to catch up with <laughs> I've watched the first two, um, and I will get back on. I know now it's just hit series two, season two has hit, hasn't it? There's three parts yeah. of series one and series two. So I've watched the first two parts of series one, and then it's not a I'm not watching this. I just I just have not got back to it. Really enjoy it. Really fun. Really like, um, brutal. Noir, gritty. <laughs> yeah, 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 horrible. The forty first millennium again away from the front lines is is yeah. a shit tip. Um, terrible, absolutely terrible. Yeah, um, but with enough, I think what they've done with Interrogator though is it has enough comedy in it, inbuilt mm. because it, it almost because forty k, you know, forty k is a satire. Forty k is stupid. You need stupidity in forty k. It doesn't work if you take it seriously, and it is almost so stereotypical. It works really well. 
Like you know, it you know it starts with the private eye who's drunk too much in his office. You know, like it literally starts as a Humphrey Bogart film noir, and you're like, no, this is this works. This really works. It's really cool, and then quickly descends into anarchy and murder. Um, now I've really enjoyed what I've watched of it. I had um, uh, Miller from The Expanse in my head the whole time. Um, I can't remember the actor who plays him, but I was like, "Yeah, that's who should that's who should be the interrogator mm. if they did it live action." But yeah, it's good, isn't it? Throwing down the f bombs like pretty early on as <laughs> yeah. well. I was like, "Whoa, yeah. this is not, this is not not forty k." I was expecting. No, not Feth. We're not talking Feth. We're talking the, the, the we're not talking the one. We're talking the big one. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking fuck and everything. Um, fuck shit and bugger. I think. Uh, yeah, it's um. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I think that just goes to show that Games Workshop understands, I think, or at least has has come to terms with, and better understands maybe, that people experience the IPs in very different ways at different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, just like we've got the, the kids' novels, yeah. uh, you know, mm-hmm. and... You know, you've got forty k. You know, um, or or Age of Sigma, the 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 kits and the the help, the stuff which mm-hmm. um they send out to like schools and to um, yeah yeah the the battle or the packs. scouting yeah that stuff yeah. But then obviously they know at the opposite end of the spectrum is you know there's uh, grogs like us who you know who basically you know, understand mm-hmm. that setting is grotesque and grim and um is basically rather judge red like in that sense. Uh so yeah, it's yeah. it was it was interesting tonally because I think that just set the uh the scene that this this just because it's a cartoon doesn't mean it's a cartoon, if that makes sense. Yeah, it reminds me of um old nineties anime. Like I, I don't. Yeah. I'm not an anime person, but the old Akira and Bubblegum Crisis, Crash kind of stuff. Not in terms of how it's drawn, but just that level of violence and stuff. That's what it. That's what it put me in the mind yeah. of. Things like um, the Max no, and and so forth. Or um, I have to trust you on that one because I've never heard the of that. animated series they did for uh, Spawn uh, way back when. Oh shit! That was yeah, pretty brutal back in the day. Do you think Spawn yeah. is the most nineties of all superheroes? Like everything about Spawn is the nineties. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, because <laughs> like it's pretty much that, and you know, uh, yeah, it's totally ingrained in like in how characters yeah. were coming out of that. Yeah. It's um, a pocket, yeah, muscles and pockets. Muscles and pockets, muscles yeah. and pockets, just everywhere. Just whatever you got, got a pocket. Um, no, that is it. And I think Interrogate is something that. I mean, I want to see him. I know he's not on Necromunda, but I'd like a little interrogator model. You know, put him in Necromunda, be well good. Oh yeah, yeah. I went to I mean, Warhammer World recently, and the museum has a really nice display cabinet now of um, models from the literature. You know, going mm-hmm. from Gotrex and Felix to Gaunt's ghosts to the Spears of the Emperor, and forgetting how many, how much stuff had come from the books. You're like, that's that's cool. You know, there's a lot there that's. Uh, it's pretty cool. Although hot take of this episode is, I think Gotrex is shit. I think Gotrex is a terrible character, and I hate him. Um, and I've never found him entertaining. Just a bad character. Oh snap! Yeah, I mean, I've got the model for him uh, for Warcry because mm-hmm. you know, oh yeah, it's a good model, and he has stats in Warcry, and he's a beast. 
Um, he's an absolute fucking monster. Yeah. <laughs> but as a character, um, yeah, he's because he's pretty much invincible, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and it's very one note. It's very just like okay, and then you killed everyone. Like literally, the book could be go check uncovers a plot and then kills everyone, and that's literally every book. Yeah. Hmm. But, but yes, yeah, there are yeah. there are a lot. How do you feel about Cal Jericho? Um, I can't remember if I've read any of the Cal Jericho novel. Um, as a character, I mean, he's kind mm-hmm. of interesting because. He's yeah, you know, he's like a he's the son of Helmore, isn't he? I think. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or a spy. He he's from he's from the upper crust. He, yeah. And he's slumming it in the underhive. And that's pretty cool. You know, I think stories revolve around just him getting into ridiculous scrapes or trying to be married off to someone and, you know, mm. murders occurring. So uh, I mean yeah, I, I I don't know. I can't really say from ha- not having read the books on him, but um, I think just as a as a character, I know in the game he's not anything particularly special. So right. um, he's just he's just a he's just a, a typical piece of scum, really. He's just scum. Yeah, scum, scum, scum. scum. Um, <laughs> I guess he's got a, a hand solo kind of element to him, who just kind of gets yeah. into ridiculous scrapes and then. By the skin of his teeth, kind of makes it makes it through, um, which is kind of the characters you want. I guess that's similar to any of the other characters. Uh, they they have like uh, uh, Caiaphas Kane, is it? Yeah, Caiaphas. Yeah, the um, either Caiaphas or Cyphus. I've never I've never said it out I think loud. Think it's really, Caiaphas, but, right? Uh, yeah, the uh, the the commissar. Yeah, and um, yeah. and obviously there's Gaunt and and so forth. I guess it, those characters are obviously easier to connect with because they are ultimately humans. Uh, even Eisenhorn is easier to connect with, um, in particular because. Yes. But then Eisenhorn is. Let's just be honest. Eisenhorn is Games Workshop James Bond. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Or at least, um, what's his name from the? Um, oh, I should have had that in my head before I even started saying that. Smiley, Smiley from the. Um, oh my God. Why did I interrupt without that having it in my head? The John Le Carre novels, yeah, he 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 is very much the 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 the, the undercover agent, isn't he? Yeah, and Less it's gonna be. I mean, yeah, um, it's gonna be interesting when they. It'll be interesting to see how far they're getting with getting Eisenhorn onto the small screen because obviously that's in yeah. development with Amazon. Yeah, that'd be exciting. That would be I hope really. It's good. I really cool. do hope it's good because there are too many things. That um, are not good. <laughs> that you wait for Obi Wan. Uh, that you wait for, and then you watch, and you're like, oh, oh, this is a little bit disappointing. Um, so I really do hope that is good because I've been wanting a 40k thing on telly for so long, and there haven't been any good ones. Like, like the the Warhammer Plus stuff is easily the best, but there is that jump from that to a live action good telly program. There, there is a big jump, and I'm looking forward to it. It'll be interesting because if you think about it, it it's gonna give. I mean, for the people that make the show, obviously there's a huge kind of like fan base you immediately tap into. There's already that that buy-in from people mm. you would hope, and so you're not 
having to hope that you find an audience like you do with other novels and series that get converted over to to tv or film um but it's a question of how much they can portray how how well they're able to portray kind of the 40k universe Mm. on the small screen i mean obviously these days it's a lot easier and you have to look at how they film uh the mandalorian with the whole um surround uh screens that are like digital that they allow you to get really good immersive fake environments for the actors um so i can see that kind of thing being used for 40k it's just can they get the scale and yeah Yeah, that's gonna be a hard one the scale is a very good question like that uh, 40k is so insane as mentioned earlier stupid and insane you can't just yeah you can't just do a church for example, and no. there is a scene in a church quite early on. It has to be the Vatican minimum, <laughs> like, like that's minimum. the smallest you're looking at is the Vatican. It, you, you, everything has to be on such a scale that it, it it is such an absurd setting, way more absurd than Star Wars. So I'm just using that for the Mandalorian example, but in a yeah. way that you need to get across these things, like. Um, I always think the, the example I always think of is the starship battles when when they want to fire a gun the gun needs to be shifted into place by 2000 surfs the shell yeah. is loaded by another few hundred surfs and the targeting computers are lobotomized humans like you need to sort of get that across that this is ridiculous this 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 is humanity at its most insane basically and that is quite a hard sell. I think you're almost looking at David Lynch, Terry Gilliam style stuff of yeah, nothing makes sense. You don't just have, you don't have computers. Computers are hated. What you have is a lobotomized person that you talk to and say, you know, right, I need information on this planetary governor, and that 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 is a human who failed a test or is a criminal and was lobotomized and made into a computer, and that's very. That's quite a hard sell, you know? That, that, that's, mm. that's not a normal science fiction thing to sell, really. No. I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they can sell that. But I think the other thing is is that we have had shows that kind of push the 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 boundary of, of, of um, I don't know, maybe... I don't want to say taste, because I don't think it's taste, mm-hmm. but like what you can portray on, on telly and, and the extremes of it. I mean, you only yeah. have you only have to look at Game of Thrones. Obviously, that has yeah. some quite extreme elements to it. Um, yeah. The grand Dexter. sci-fi things I've not watched it is um, what's one on on Apple on Apple TV? What is it called? Uh, Foundation series. Um, I don't know how well, well received that was. I think it was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. I hated it. Um, but but it's breaking. You know, and I get your point though. It is something that, and the expanse as we mentioned earlier. Um, mm. You know, things are expand. <laughs> good pun. Things are expanding in terms of that. In terms of what you can, what you can. And I'm, you know, these are Amazon showrunners. They're not idiots. <laughs> you know, there's, no. and there's going to be money. They they know better than we do about how to sell, how to pitch a television program. So, and the thing with Eisenhorn is right. I'm, mm. If they're going to go with the Eisenhorn. You know stories. Yeah, there's. I think there's quite a lot of room there to like pad them out because yeah, there's there's Definitely. that there's that key pl- there's the key plot that yeah you know goes through all of them. Mm. But you can 
quite I, I with I, with the, with good writers, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And there's a pool of writers out there, obviously, um, yeah. who know the setting quite well. You can pad them out and have smaller kind of investigations along the way more than easily. I think. Absolutely. And you've got the Beckwin novels to pull from now because yeah. that, that that has some elements before. And you've got like younger Eisenhorn. Oh, easily. The, 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 the Eisenhorn milieu also encompasses mm. Ravener. It also encompasses Beckwin. You know, it, oh yeah, I think they could do some really good stuff. I think what's a clever choice of Eisenhorn is how it starts small and yeah. gets big and you know chaos as an element and I i'm sorry if spoilers but these books have been out for 20 years you have like <laughs> one chaos marine and he only encounters concepts like the warp or on on screen by which i mean in the book only near the very end so it starts as science fiction murder mystery brilliant you know yeah. right that is that is the way to start in the universe because you always start small it's the role playing game thing you always start in a small village and then you learn about the world that's that's the equivalent. You start with one investigator, one inquisitor, looking around. You know, because people don't need to know more about chaos cults than, oh, they're cults of a heretical god. That's actually all you need to know as someone watching these programs if you don't know 40k. That's it. You don't, you don't, don't need, even, to, you don't even need to know the chaos. chaos. You don't even need no, to know yeah, the exactly. chaos. Yeah. Um, yeah, in the Magos, yeah, in the Magos yeah. series, uh, Eisenhorn, I think he has to deal with or he dealt with he at least refers to a cult that are dedicated to a pig god or something like that. Yeah, something to do. It's something to do with pigs. But basically, yeah. under, under underneath it all, when you get into the real yeah. nitty gritty of that cult, it's there's the trappings of a of a cornate, you know, mm. blood god cult. There, it's just under so many layers that you, yeah. it just about passes as a backwater planet's kind of yeah. old folklore. Yeah, I mean, um, and you could have cults that are dedicated to the emperor, but the Inquisition just oh, yeah. decide no, that's wrong. You know, you literally could have the yeah. emperor. We worship the emperor as a sun god. Oh, yeah, it's the sun god bit we don't like. So oh, that's exterminators for you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, all right, be, cheers. It's gonna be really interesting though with that because, as you said, like Eisenhorn barely meets like even a single chaos space marine, let alone it's, other space marines. It's just one, isn't it, who who sort of runs just through the, the series. One. Yeah. And yeah. that, I think, means, like, that gives such a... That's going to be such a huge moment on screen when that kind of moment occurs. I think that yeah. ties into what you, what we've been discussing on, like, the, the forums recently about... Um, with the new Chaos release, the new Chaos Codex mm-hmm. coming out. Coming back to the classic thing of a Chaos Army should just really be yeah. a warband... Like, literally, a warband is, like, you know, at most, maybe 10 or less yeah. Chaos Space Marines. And the rest yeah. is all cultists 100%. and heretics yeah. and so in, forth. Lost. Yeah, the lost and the damned. Yeah, a Chaos Marine should be one of the scariest things you could possibly encounter. You know, you'd just be like, oh, God, these are the things that have turned. That would be, yeah. yeah, and that would be ideal. And I'm sure you can, I'm sure you can, especially with the new codex coming that has what looks like a lot of cultist and traitor guard support, you know, if you do want to run it that way. It looks like you well, they have, have that, the ability to. they got that traitor guard kit um, yeah. from the latest kill team, which is looking pretty good, because, I mean, that's basically spawned from the uh, Blackstone Fortress um, yeah. designs. Uh, they're pretty much, most of them are Blackstone Fortress designs with a few... Mm. 
uh, tweaks. And heck, even the um, the Traitor Commissar and the Ogryn are from Blackstone Fortress. They're from mm. the Traitor Command um, kit. Supplement. Which, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh god, I'm I'm still I am still like chasing for that fucking out oh uh set. My, it's the only one I my, I'm, I'm missing. Did you get no respite? Oh um I've got all no the other respite ones. Yeah. is awful to get hold of. My friend sprung for that because he had everything but no respite. So he uh he paid over the odds for it and he fully accepts that for something that's just a repackage of Plague Marines. Um, yeah, because no, it was right. out for a week or two. <laughs> like it was literally like, here you go, right, it's gone. What? Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, Traitor Command, that's going to cost you a few quid now. Though they seem to be flooding back onto the uh, eBay market, mostly because oh. the Commissar and the Ogrid now are not right. going to be that's... a limited thing because they're going to be course. out in a box set. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, that'd be good then. That that would be nice actually if everything involved in Blackstone gets sort of folded in as as a new, exp- you know, new things for Forty K or Necromunda. Um, but no, that's cool. And I think you know there's some really good stuff coming. I think that's what's what's fun at the moment. Um, and I hope Eisenhorn does, you know, is is a catalyst once it once it hits. Maybe it's something bigger. Um, here is a impromptu question out of the blue for you. Okay. If you could have a 40k television series, what would it be? If you could entirely showrun it, they said, right, we've got a budget of millions. What story do you want to tell? What would you do? Wow, that's... I know, right? That's huge. I mean, I've been... So I've started watching... Um, I've watched the three episodes so far that are on Paramount Plus uh, for mm. Strange New Worlds, which Ooh, is the is it Star good? Trek series. No spoilers, but it's is it It's good. good. It's good. good. Okay. It's really good. Yeah, but... I would like that. It. Okay. So, cool. um, yeah, I for 40k, uh, I <laughs> think it has to be about a rogue trader, just solid rogue trader. Uh, you rogue can traitor. no rogue oh trader, God. not a rogue trader. Oh God. But oh God. He's a traitor. He's mostly a traitor underneath <laughs> yeah. it all. But um, I think with that, you could sample a lot of the setting quite yeah. happily. Um, yeah. In a way, that's mostly quite familiar to people that watch sci-fi shows like they're going like oh mm-hmm. you're in another world yeah um yeah that's what i would do i mean obviously Brilliant. you would need to how you pack into a long hour with no adverts uh the content of a single episode so you might have to break up a story across like multiple episodes i think that's what yeah. you'd have to do but yeah. yeah that's what i would go that for. would be uh... That's very cool. I'd like a first-person um, show about Khan the Betrayer. Just Khan the Betrayer. <laughs> just slaughtering for 45 minutes a week. I'd just watch that. That'd be great. Be like, yeah, this. This, please. <laughs> uh, well, that's interesting yeah. you say first-person, because the yeah. I think the other thing that's going to be a real interesting insight of what I am gearing up to buy a new PC for is oh, um, that, Dark Time. Hey, that was a good segue, wasn't it? We didn't even mean that. Yeah. That worked really well. Yeah, right. It seems to be getting uh, people seem to be buzzing for that. It's it's interesting because like we're seeing a lot of videos for it, and obviously there's there's uh, from what we know of the setting, I think there's mm-hmm. there's a uh, there's a hive on this world. Um, there's a hive called Tertium. It's called Tertium Hive on mm-hmm. the world of Atoma Prime. 
and it's in okay. so it's in this region of space. It's in a subsector or something. Sure. And um, and basically, from what I understand of reading around, there's a a, a group of um, uh, a regiment of Astra Militarum that are raised like, mm-hmm. like kind of return and have fallen to chaos, and that's just what precipitates the events of everything going to shit on that in that hive. Um, right. And so, from the trailer, I think things are so desperate that an Inquisitor opens up recruitment to... It's basically, it's the Dirty Dozen. It's Penal right. Legionnaires type job. Right. Like, yeah. you're going to go into the Hive, you're going to perform these missions, and if you don't die, then we'll you know, clear your maybe, record, which lucky. is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think you can play quite... There's a lot of customization. You can play like an Ogryn, you can play yeah. Psychers and stuff. And yeah, yeah, I mean, again, we're getting to see a lot of like the environments of Hive. Um, mm. Again, things that we've seen. I know it's not meant to be the perfect game, but like Necromunda hired guns. So again, yeah. we're seeing recognizable features with that. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's a whole yeah. new world, literally. So um, excitingly, in a way, I did the 40k escape room last week. Oh right, um, the Immaterium escape room, and they have done a bang up job of make feeling what a forty k ship would feel like, and it's horrible. Like they have done such a good job. <laughs> I don't want to say too much because obviously spoilers, um, but it's so grotty and horrible. Like you've got these sort of metal walls, but also bolted together with wood and stuff. And I mean, all I mean all of this on purpose, and it is just like yeah. It would actually be awful living in a hive or a ship. You'd just be like, this is terrible. Um, down to the point where they have one thing you interact with, which is actually a bit of terrain from Necromunda, uh, replicated huh. to human size. My friend who collects Necromunda was like, oh shit, I've got this. Like He's got that as a piece of kit from one of the many terrain packs. And he was like, yeah, yeah, it's a... Uh, well, I'm not going to say what it is, but yeah, and it, you know, it literally is now human size. And it's really fun that you're like, oh, cool, this is what it would look like. This is ridiculous hmm. and horrible, and I hate it, and now I'm caught in a vent. Oh, God. <laughs> but I would recommend that. It's good fun. Um, it, we would have had more time. We didn't get the best time doing it. Uh, we went with some people who weren't familiar with 40k, so I think we lost some times with my lectures and diagrams. Um, I think I think you know when I made them sit down and you know discussed everything, the nature of the Emperor Transcendent, etc. I think we lost a bit of time on that, but it, it was good. We got out. I didn't Excellent. really do that. I should have done, but I didn't really do that. I did shout for the Looper Carl every time we got through right. the room. So, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> s- s- speaking of absolution, we will get onto Necromunda eventually. But this is, you know, this is realm of fire. We don't, we don't do things in order. So, I don't know. Are you familiar with the YouTuber Arbiterian? Uh, yes, I right. don't watch. So I been, haven't really watched it, sure, but I know he does a lot of the yeah. background material. Yeah. Yes, he does, and he's been going through as a build-up to the legacy each of the 18th legions. But he did a um, video on the two missing legions. Um, specifically saying we don't know anything about them but it's interesting that one of them is missing and one of them is redacted, like one of them says there are no records for this and the other legion, I think it's the 18th is, no we don't talk about this legion as opposed to we don't know anything about it and Rick Priestley popped up in the comments and I want to get your thoughts on this, what Rick said 
though interestingly he didn't seem to say this at any point while playing you know, being in the design studio was the reason for the his idea for them for the two lost legions was that they did something terrible maybe as terrible as turning to chaos as the traitor legions but they were then absolved of it they then did mm. something that meant they came back into the fold or redeemed whatever they'd done and their reward was to have their name struck from the record basically so their shame was forever removed from the records so if you were the, the thousand sons will forever be known as traitors but this other legion that maybe they turned traitor is then never mentioned. I, uh, I'm just be interested what you think of that. It, it doesn't fit now, really, with the the mod the modern Horus Heresy background, because the Primarchs do talk about them a bit and do sort of make references to them. It doesn't quite equate to that. But I'd be interested right. to see what you think if that was if that was an idea. Do you reckon that works? Do you reckon that's a good one? Do you reckon that's a bit of a cop out? <sighs> I mean, I guess it could have worked back when there were more holes in the setting to mm-hmm. to allow that uh, I mean that could have potentially worked as a way of explaining perhaps like the origin of the Grey Knights but obviously that isn't the origin of the Grey Knights mm-hmm. the Grey Knights are, are complicated um, yes uh, it might yeah you could possibly say that may relate to I don't know perhaps um, the, the, the root of absolution for one of the uh, legions is what mostly creates the Legion of the Damned, that classic yeah, you know, classic uh, group of space marines that always kind of comes in when the things are most desperate for the Imperium. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's an interesting idea. Not against it, but... Yeah, that just, I, just, yeah. I thought it was a fun one. I don't, think it, as I, said, I don't think it can really fit now just because of how they're sort of talked about in by the other Primarchs and stuff, it doesn't really fit, but I think it's a, a fun one. I just think, I think at least one of them was just wiped out, and in that style of the Emperor, of the Rome Ninth Legion, they were just said, right, their failure means that we'll never talk of them, basically. They were so shit, we're not going to talk about them, that <laughs> they failed that badly. Well, there's um, quite a few things that could have wiped them out anyway, yeah, like, in, in those early days, like, you know, waking up, um, let's say, waking up a tomb world too early uh, yep. of Necrons and Necrons back then would have been absolutely an an unknown. Um, yeah. I think one getting lost in the warp wholesale, yeah. and then the Emperor can't talk about it because he's hiding what the warp is. You know that would have to be a no. They 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 got lost. <laughs> you know like he, and maybe that's the Legion of the Damned. But that's the best bit about forty k. You don't explain There's a everything. Lot of holes, yeah. So many holes. I'm really worried, and I promise you we're on to Necromunda after this. I'm really worried because I'm reading the Siege of Terror books at the moment, and I'm really worried that they're going to name the person that saves the em- spoilers. The Emperor kills Horus, um, but <laughs> but at the very end, um, someone intervenes and distracts Horus for a split second. That's kind of the crux of it, and it's always been an unknown, and I'm really worried they're going to codify it, and I will really hate that. That will make me so disappointed if we actually get that codified, because it was always cool when the guard said it was a guardsman, the blood angel said it was a blood angel, the imperial fist said it was an imperial fist. You know, that's that's how it should always be. But, hey, I don't know yet. There's three more books to go, and some terrible accents in the audiobooks. 
<laughs> really? <laughs> oh my god, they're really racist. It's awful. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Oh, oh it's Jesus not Christ. Good. It's it's not good. When whenever the white scars turn up and you're just like, oh wow, you're you're really doing the accent. Okay. 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 Wow. So, Necromunda, eh? This is your this is your baby. Yeah, this is your thing, isn't it's... it? Necromunda is your bag. I mean, it's it's because it's always such a good it's it's a good it's a good source of inspiration for ideas of whether it's um, story or kind of character types or mm-hmm. weird gribbly type things that exist in yeah. the Underhive. Um, it's one of those things because, like, when because <clears throat> of because of the way uh, games which have IPs and work, we're for. Um, Cubicle 7 were very much like writing about the Gilead s- system and mm-hmm. the hives there and so they're very different to they ha- they 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 you know you can draw some inspiration from Necromunda but it has to be distinct because yeah. yeah they're 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 basically different games they're different parts of the world they have to exist separately um mm-hmm. in or they have to exist without knowledge of the other and and basically persist in that way so Necromunda's always a good but it's always a good point of reference for like, you know, does this make sense? Would someone like really use a gun this way or, yeah. or, uh, or, you know, what are enforcers like? Cause enforcers exist, uh, on all, you know, in some way on all Imperial worlds as a police force. And what do they yes. do? What do they look like? Uh, it's a more recent thing with enforcers mm-hmm. because classically it was always considered the adeptus are Bites would be um, uh, were basically the police force, but they're not. The way to understand mm. it is that enforcers are the local police, and the adept subites are like the FBI. Uh, they work across, yeah. they work across worlds and across sectors, uh, yeah. dealing with uh, breaches of the um, of imperial law. So yeah, definitely, yeah, Necromunda's cool in that sense, and I think <laughs> um, it's. It's changed, like, I think it's, the the thing is, when people, when it first came out, people were kind of like, oh, it's going to just, you know, it's, why should we get the new thing now, blah, blah, right. blah, which is always the argument, mm-hmm. like, why should we rebuy this, what is different? Yeah. And I think, first of all, it's an example maybe of where GW um, updated the rule system to feel a bit more modern with the turn se- sequence and you see that mm-hmm. with Warcry as well with the I activate a model then you activate a model back and forth yeah. back and forth and that makes it quite a tactical game you don't get that classic issue of it's the whichever turn and your entire gang goes into Overwatch and then it's the opponent's turn yeah. and they've got to activate their gang and it's like they're not going to move yeah. out because they're going to get shot like what's yeah. the point um, you don't have that with the new system and yeah. a friend said that because he wasn't too sure how how deep to get into Necromunda until we played mm-hmm. the game. He'd never played. I don't think he'd ever played the old. No, he never played old Necromunda. Right. He played. Uh, what was it called? Is it Shadow War? What was the Armageddon? Uh, Shadow War Armageddon. Yeah. 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 He played that, which mm-hmm. was effectively using the Necromunda revised yeah. rules. We'll call them. Yeah. Uh, but it's effectively second edition 40k, and he yeah. kind of was like, okay, that's great. And his opinion of new Necromunda is he wasn't too sure how much detail and so forth he would enjoy, but it was actually like it's it is just enough detail, but 
by which he means it's so much detail that it's that you almost can't get enough because you've only got uh, a few fighters so having that level of granularity and that it's so second edition 40k because you know you've got hallucinogen grenades that have mm. tables to roll on you've got rules for if someone set on fire and they'll run around you've got rules <laughs> for falling off buildings it's yeah. just so detailed that when you play mm. a game even when things aren't going great for your gang it's quite evocative because there is a story being played out yeah i think that's a very fair summation of it that actually it it is not a balanced game in terms of things it like can't that. be but it, it can't be but it's so much more fun than so many others because something fun will happen or not even fun something tense something uh you know there will be that moment where you're like god damn it i need to get them across the board whereas you're right the problem with old, old necromunda has, I think, an unfair... I think people have a, a, a very twisted memory of Necromunda, the original, because the hot take number two, it, Necromunda wasn't that good. It actually wasn't that good as a game. It was very evocative in terms of some of the miniatures you got and the books and stuff, but as you said, what would happen by about game four of the campaign is everyone would set up, everyone would set up for Overwatch, Maybe someone would make a break for a um, scavenge counter. Um, someone yeah. would open fire. Someone might get hit and fall off the edge. And then you'd go, well, I'm going to voluntary bottle. Because then it was worth voluntary bottling in order to roll on the rare traders chart. The game became the campaign rules as opposed to the actual yeah. game. The game wasn't very good. And I agree with you. I think New Necromunda really rewards the gaming element that yes even if it's even if you have a shitty game even if you have that game where all your guns jam and it all goes wrong you it, it one it doesn't take long and i do think that is something that shouldn't be overestimated because you can always get another game in it's the yeah. warcry thing if you can have a game of warcry and it all goes wrong you don't mind you have a game of 40k and you roll like trash for three hours it is a you get angry. Yeah, you know, I, I, I defy anyone. To, yeah, I defy anyone to actually say, "Oh no, I always play with a smile on my face." After three hours of not being able to do anything, it's it's not fun. You're not having fun anymore. Whereas Necromunda, it can go wrong and it's still fun. You know, <laughs> like there will always yeah, be that exactly. moment. And, and Necromunda yeah. has modern Necromunda has a quite a few good ways of balancing things out. I mean, always mm-hmm. the classic is obviously. As the underdog, you know, you're going to get extra XP. Um, Mm -hmm. You, if you, and obviously if you play with an arbitrator in a campaign, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, there are underdog scenarios in, I think in, there's an issue of White Dwarf that has underdog scenarios. So, you know, there are scenarios which are designed for if you are the underdog, you will get some advantage in the fight. The other thing which balances things out, because this was the, this was the real problem with also classic Necromunda was that your gang could be up to 20 man strong, right? <laughs> yeah. And you could take them all into a game. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in modern Necromunda mm. because most scenarios are either select X and X is hardly ever. I, I highly doubt is generally 10 or less. So yeah. a scenario will say, choose six or choose ten. Or it will be random selection. And mm-hmm. by which I mean it'll be randomly select ten, 
roundly choose a small or, or whatever smaller amount than that. And mm. also often you'll get scenarios which are random selection or choose D6 plus three. So, mm. you know, your nine is your most. It doesn't matter that you've got 20, you know, you, you've got a massive gang mm. or your opponent's got a massive gang. The, the weight of numbers can ne- never be utilized. And I think that's just yeah. purely representative of the fact that, uh, you know, in a gang fight, you know, a fight going on, uh, a gang is never going to put all its eggs in one basket moving around mm-hmm. like that. So smaller gangs will always utilize that to their advantage that the they will never attack or never there will never be that weight of numbers. I'm sure there are I can't remember where there's most probably a scenario somewhere in White Dwarf or somewhere which is like, you know, you're defending the gang's stronghold, right? Right. So, yeah. But Bring in which case the arbitrator is going to say like, right, this gang, one of the gangs of the campaign has got so big for its boots, you're going to go right for narrative purposes. Um, that gang is now the target of everyone yeah. else, and everyone brings like a random selection of six, and it balances yeah. out that there is you know twenty gangers versus twenty gangers. It's just there's yeah. three gangs versus one gang, um, and that's what it Absolute, does. I mean, that, yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 is yeah. You're only gonna get. I think it's a very small change that adds a huge amount of claustrophobia to the game. Yes. Because you do have free people running around, and you think, shit, I need to get these free people out alive. You know, they're free of my gangers who I want to live. I, I think by zooming in the number, and as you say, because it's never over a dozen, is it? Unless, as, as you mentioned, you're playing a special scenario, you do start relating that bit more, and you are a bit more like, yeah, this is a four on four tunnel fight. You know, this is a gross knife fight in a tunnel, basically, as opposed to a massive room with plasma gunners firing at each other. I, I think you're right. I think that that reduction adds a level of claustrophobia that is vital to Necromunda. Yeah, and the other thing is, is that the fact that Necromunda has essentially now has now got three modes of play. Um, mm-hmm. Because you can play Zone Mortalis, so that means you're mm-hmm. just playing uh, tunnel fights, in effect, and it's mm-hmm. 2D, so you you are only moving in corridors. Uh, you can't move up on up and down. Though again, I think there's rules somewhere for tunnel fights that occur on multiple levels. So you know you, right. you can go to an elevator and it will yeah. take you to another level, but it's still a tunnel fight there. And is that one done with squares? Sorry to interrupt. Is that one done with squares or is that still measuring inches and that? I've never it's played still that measured, version. It's so. still it's still no. Zone Mortalis is still measured movement. Right. It's not. Okay. It's not grid based. It was never. It was never grid based. Um, no, I didn't. Again, yeah, I, didn't I think. Know I, yeah, I think it was like that misconception when uh, Necromunda Underhive first came out with the um, with the the uh, the card tiles, and I still have the card mm-hmm. tiles and that terrain, mm-hmm. and I have the the um, bad zone delta card tiles. I have all the hazards on there because that's quite portable terrain. Um, Yes. Because it's just card, it's not huge, lots of plastic. Uh, even though the plastic Zomaltalis does actually, you know, it lends an extra element to the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to pay, if you want to take it on your holiday or take it to the club, it is quite nice. You can just pack a few a few tiles in a, in the bottom of your tray and that, that works. But you have that, and obviously when you play on that mm. scale, you can play a game which is basically a 2x2 two two board with all the mm-hmm. 
corridors and doors in the way and barricades. And so that yeah. kind of type of fighting means, obviously, certain weapons aren't really that great to use in those mm-hmm. confined spaces. Like, a heavy stubber has got a very mm-hmm. limited line of fire that you can't pin lots of people at once that are next to each other because they're just, they're just, it's just not possible. Um, and with the turn sequence, it means it, it does favour close combat to a certain extent, but, mm-hmm. you know, you can do shenanigans. Why pinning is so important? Like, you know, yeah. may, if you don't wound someone, they're pinned. It's so important to that rule set. Um, yeah. And then you've got zone... Uh, sorry, you've got Sector Mechanicus, so that's where you're mm-hmm. playing a more open board. So you can yeah. still use the zone mortalis terrain, but now you're mm-hmm. kind of really representing kind of like uh, factories and so forth in, in mm-hmm. their openness and with corridors and so forth that maybe lead into them and the staircases. And I've got too much terrain mm-hmm. now. Like, I've got so <laughs> much. Like, a 3x3 three three board is yeah. densely packed. Um and that's of course, in those type of games, that's really good when you do have a lot of ranged weaponry. You can yeah. you can get some good lines of sight and can dominate yeah. the board in a way. And now, of course, we've got Ash Wastes, which is yeah. a different thing again because yeah. you've got such an open board mm. and to cover to to move around it quick enough. Of course, we've got vehicles now, so we used to mm. have Ash Wastes all the way back in i can't remember i think we had a the fanatic magazine is when they, they yeah appeared. yeah uh, was that an expansion for first edition or for the revised no, for the revised edition yeah around yeah. 2000 and something that that all that all hit when they had all the little magazines the gang war magazine that became yeah. Fanatic magazine etc yeah that's when that hit with the and that was really just a conversion yeah and that was just a conversion of um a port of the gorka rules really yeah. So, again, Ash Wastes is not that. It's um, it's not a port of that. It's it's um, it's clearly a an evolution of that rule set yeah. because just like your fighters in the in Necromunda, your vehicles, you know, you activate a vehicle and they activate a model or a vehicle, mm-hmm. and the vehicles get the same action economy. So they get two right. actions, and you use that. And there's different maneuvers and things. Um, and they've also got uh, hit dice. So you know the classic injury dice for Necromunda. You get those for vehicles yeah. to determine where you oh, hit on the fun. vehicle. Right. So you can hit the the wheels or something like that, kind of thing. Yeah, and each each area has um, a a damage table. So right. you That's fun. so yeah, it's definitely. very again it's quite granular. In that sense, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to start playing it. I've not played anything using the new rules <laughs> yet because I'm yeah. painting everything first. Sure. And absolutely. Also, um, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. I mean, let's be honest. Um, I think the new Ash Waste models are awesome. They're basically mm-hmm. um, they're either Chaos Cultists or they're an Imperial Guard regiment waiting to happen. Yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> and. There's rules for mounted, so, you know, on mm. bugs or something else. So, again, that kind of evokes the muties from from Gork yeah. Morker. Yeah, uh, or, or um, I, I thought Cursed Earth from 2000 AD, very much that kind yeah. of the horrible guys out there. The 
the thing we've got to address, which is the the um, was Ashwaste uh, uh, as a box mm. worth it worth its value? That's always going to be a difficult one. Obviously, you can it get is. discount at your local friendly game store. Yes. So the reason what the thing that that sold it to me was because the terrain in there is completely compatible with Septimechanicus and Zone Mortalis. Mm. So yeah. on the bottom side of those HAB modules, there are the little slots that are the same on Septimechanicus so that you can connect things together, mm. which is cool. That's really then, cool. I mean, that's a lot, but yeah. The, the, the pillar heights, the um, support heights for the HAB modules... Mm can be done so that they're either the same height as either one or two of the Sector Mechanicus, uh, sorry, the the um, Zone Mortalis blocks, the wall heights. Mm-hmm. So again, that's so everything's perfectly compatible in that sense. So that's these great. HAB blocks will look cool either as your, you know, your HABs out mm-hmm. in the ash waste on their platforms or in a hive as a yeah. HAB block. So you can actually imagine yeah. now multiple of these HAB blocks stacked on each one on top of the yeah. other because they do stack. That's really cool. Yeah. To be the hab blocks. Um, yeah. So and, that's and kind of what sort of more... was the terrain. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a good shout because I think what would be more Imperium than you live in your place of work? Like yeah. you know, it would literally be you can stuff them into your industrial terrain effectively, and it is yes. like yeah, the workers just live among the pipes and the stuff. Like it's just like why would they need to live anywhere else? I didn't realize they were so compatible. So that's really interesting that you can you, you effectively it's the residential kit, right? Like you've yes, had the industrial is. kit. This is the residential kit, and uh, the and then the thing we have to kind of also acknowledge is mm. the the issue with the we we're gonna now i haven't yet got my order through uh from uh, right. of the of the outland book and the ridge yes. hauler and i've got like a ridge hauler and the goliath truck and i've got vansar on the grav cutters all that arriving <laughs> soon yeah, so yeah. i've got like because you know vansar are totally going to be on their hoverboards out in the ash wastes like yeah. chasing down a ridge hauler yeah. Uh, I will get the Ridge Hall of kind of expansion, the little trucks, um, the 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 lorry trailer yeah. things that go on the back. Um, but that, I mean, again, price wise, you know, it's not something you could go all out on initially. No. But the thing is, we have to acknowledge is with the Ash Waste rule book. I think it's kind of that case of where it's about what you. <laughs> It's a tricky one, and I think this is mm. again. It's tricky because Necromunda has so much detail. Yeah, and if you had included more in the Ashways book, it would have been a really big book, and I yeah. think that would have pushed the price up a lot. And I don't think GW can absorb the cost of an Ashways book of the Ashways book having been that size in the same way they do with like the 40k rulebook or the Age of Sigma rulebook. In a core game, yeah, of the same price, yeah. I, 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 I think you're right. I didn't see that. I think the thing is, I have no dog in this fight in terms of the of the um, the Necromunda box. I've not got it, and I do think if you get value from it, it's what I always think that. I think if you pay the money you're happy to pay and you get value from it, it's the right price. I think it's interesting because I think Heresy coming out two weeks later and being the same price. I think that made people be more angry at Ashways than they would have been, if that makes sense. 
I think the Heresy box being the same price with God knows how many more figures and a, a huge book that you could kill a man with. Um, I think in a yeah. way that's made people more angry, but I think they plan they're going to sell more of Heresy. Yes. So the production's going to pay off way quicker because Heresy, the box itself may even be a loss leader, but I was looking today, and if you want a Devastator Squad of Space Marines, it's £70 for 20 because you've got to buy the weaponry. So, right? So, you've got to buy a box of four for 40 quid and then the weapons for 30 quid. So, I think Heresy is an amazing initial box because it's the first hit. Ash Wastes, you could just buy that and then stop, right? Correct. You Ash Wastes don't need is to get anything else for that. Yeah, that is something you could get. Uh, do you get the Necromunder rulebook in there? So, yeah, I mean, we can talk about that. We can, we, because yeah, I've got go it in it. front of me right now. So, cool. yeah, the Ash yeah, Waste book, please, I, yeah. the Ash Waste book has, um, let's, let's just say, like, it's got, um, you get the background of the Ash Waste and mm-hmm. it's expansive and details more of Necromunda than we've ever seen before. So in that respect, uh, that's all relatively brand new material I've not read before. And this is the thing, like, Necromunda is now so detailed. Like, we're talking roleplay game levels of detail to a single city in, say, D&D. Like, it's that level of detail that we have now, Mm. which is insane. So you get all the background material, and there's a cool map. That's the same map you can buy um, from Games Workshop that folds out, which is the map yeah. of uh, the wastes around uh, the Primus um, Hive yeah. and the Palatine cluster. Yeah. And that's a really cool map. I like maps. That, again, they tell you so much about uh, a place. Then, and you're right, you get all the Necromunda rules in here. Cool. So that means now I actually technically own... Three <laughs> rule books because I have this one, the yeah. original hardback one. Yeah. I got rid of the one from Hive from uh, Underhive, the very first yeah. one, but I do yeah. have the one from Dark Uprising. Ah, there you which, go. Which you know, it's uh, swings around about. It means I've got two rule yeah. books, so when I'm playing a game, you know, someone at home, someone else can have a copy in front of them. That's easy enough. Then you get in here, um, obviously that means you've got the rules for vehicles mm-hmm. and how that works. You've then got campaign rules, which is pretty much the same oh, nice. as always. You've got mm-hmm. rules for psychers in here, which were originally Ooh. extra rules in the book of... Oh, I want to say... Book, the, the Outcast. I want to say the Book of Ruin, which included all the right. Chaos Cults, because that's where it becomes right, quite yeah. relevant. Yeah. Um, so you get all the psycho rules in here. Then you get the Ash Waste campaign. So that that's a very specific campaign in this book, which is an Ash... And then you get Ash Waste scenario. So at the Ash Waste campaign is basically um, like the... I think now the fourth campaign type that there is in all of the books. So you've got like... <laughs> so many, right? <laughs> you've got like the Dominion campaign, which is the classic... Um, uh, the classic kind of Necromunda grab territory type terrain. Yeah. You've yep. got the one which is the you've got the dark uprising campaign type, which is yep. where you choose to be on the side of the 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 uprising cult or whatever, mm. uh, or be on the yep. side of order. There's the law and misrule campaign, which is a kind mm. of similar. Um, and then 
I still think there's another one I've forgotten. I think there I is think another that... one. I think from the in the original set, I think there's another one actually. But yeah, but yeah, but, they're on. But then in this campaigns. one, <laughs> yeah. But then in this one, there is the um, Ash Waste campaign, and this one is mm. a is kind of like a map based campaign because right. uh, you get an example map to use in the book, which is around uh, when I find the page so I can look at it. Um, mm-hmm. Is around uh, the Cinderac crater. Okay. So there's a crater that's on that's kind of on this main trade route in Necromunda, or on Necromunda, sorry. Mm-hmm. And so there are trade. You've got the the map is got uh, basically roads that or sections of roads between different outposts, and the game is about um, you know taking control of the roads, and then in the second phase of the uh, campaign, you can then start trying to steal sections of roads from from right. rival gangs. Um oh, that's cool. and then on top of that, you know, on top of the running the campaign, uh you with the um with the season cycle, you've got battlefield conditions as well. So you can say whether right. in the deep waste, the near waste, the wild wastes, uh mm-hmm. you've got uh because you've got two phases to the campaign, um You've got the season of flame and season of ash. So there's different environmental right. factors, like whether you've got you know ash clouds or lightning storms. Um, you've still got rolling roads rules for Brilliant. certain the best certain yeah, um, best. certain scenarios, and that also when you're playing rolling roads, there are three ways you play it. You assume either right. that the edges of the board are um, drop off down ravines. Yeah. yeah. The edges of the board are cliff faces, so you're in a you're in a little canyon, right. or they're open, and so if a vehicle or someone goes off the edge of the board, they can return at a later point. So Amazing. there's there's yeah. just tons and tons and tons yeah. of stuff you can do with just this core book. So what I understand I, is the Outland book yeah. will include the rules update for vehicles, right? Just the vehicle rules. So if you've already got right. the core book for Necromunda. You get that. You get mm-hmm. the rules for um ah, oh, you get the rules for the squat prospectors, yeah. you get the rules for you get the complete vehicle rules. So when I say the complete vehicle rules, this mm. is the build your own vehicle rules. Right. So you choose the body of vehicle and then you can also spend credits and or save up or get the bits from the trading post. So you can turn your vehicle mm. into it has tracks or it has just fit it has uh you know souped up engine or yeah or and of course the vansar get a discount on getting the equipment for this upgrade <laughs> yeah. it to be a skimmer and i'm just like oh god they, so they i always have I to need... show off vansar don't they they're always so there's, showing there's off a, there's a ton of stuff in there and then i yeah. believe there's rules for a larger insectoid thing that the ash oh, waste nice. nomads can ride so you nice. know the arachnorot uh from yes Age of Sigma. From... Yeah, from the gobbers, from the gits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That with a howder on the back of it, being Excellent. ridden by ash nomads firing off like you know their RPG yeah. at people. Classic. That's, that's very just... cool. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. So no, I, it, yeah, I've gone in I hard mean, on it. Yeah, and and you know, I think the thing is, I think if you are a Necromunda player, it's such a good. We, people have wanted ash waste for so ever since Necromunda started. People have wanted the ash waste. Um, and I think it is great to see it finally. I think I, I just think there's so much 
I was talking to Brendan on the last episode of Realm Fire about this, how I think I would use the vehicle rules within Necromunda, but I love that the flexibility is just there. It's just the rules are there, so you don't even need to say oh, we're playing Ash There's Wade. nothing. You just say we're pl- yeah, there's no. There's nothing stopping you either. from. No. no, there's no, and in fact, it says I think it's in. Um, oh, which one was it? I think I don't know if it was a Warhammer community article or something. Right. Um, I I basically I know I definitely bloody read this that there is right. there is no reason to just say vehicles can only operate in the Ash Waste. Yeah. You it, no, actually, I'm certain in the Ashways book, I'm going to look for mm. it. I'm sure I've read it. Sure. It says you yeah. can use vehicles in the underhive or in the um, yeah. or in the in the hive itself. And the only danger is, you know, you're going to um, it's going to be dangerous. <laughs> you know, you're going to 100 percent. But you could do a rolling road and represent highways or uh, and yeah. there will be highways in the underhive yeah. or in the hive Shit's itself. Shit's got to move. That corpse starch doesn't move itself. You know, there's got no, to be doesn't. transport networks. The, those, um, the corpse grinders have got to get those piles of bodies there somehow. Absolutely, there's going to be transport networks. And yeah, then you get to do those Mega City 1 style chases, you know, with the arbitrators chasing you on bikes and stuff. It's... I'm really glad they've finally done it in terms of a codified approach to here it is, here is Vehicles in Necromunda. Um, and, yeah, looking at it, I, I'm i only taking very, very small st- steps into Necromunda at the moment. Actually, might not even be using Necromunda rules, but I'll see about that. But I'm really enjoying the output. And I, I think I say this almost every episode, but I think if I did the hobby again, I would just play Warcry and Necromunda. <laughs> I think I'd just stick Yeah, that, I mean, I, I feel pretty much the same. I've still yet to play yeah. Kill Team. Okay. Uh, and, again, I feel like that, you know, as long as that plays well, I yeah. feel like that's enough 40k, almost. For you. Uh, yeah. It's just a shame that we haven't had, uh, you know, we haven't had Kill Team rules that are as, as fully fleshed out for every faction yet, mm-hmm. because... The classic yeah. issue is the um, the book they brought out, which covered all factions, is yeah. missing specific rules that yeah. the ones that have come out in other boxes get. So absolutely, it's, yeah. it's a problem in that. It's unbalanced. But yeah, it really it is. Will... You do... Yeah, it, it, I'm sure they'll rectify it eventually. I'm not in the mood to wait at the moment. I think that's the thing. Whereas Necromunda, you can bang out, and it feels it's as balanced as it can be, which is it's not. So that's but that's fine. But that's absolutely well, fine. Every everyone is as unbalanced as each other. So it's fine. Necromunda Necromunda is never gonna be a balanced game. And that's that's no. the thing which I think you have yeah. to kind of go in acknowledging. And this is the same thing which you know, having come from writing um and designing things for yeah. uh for D D now. Um mm-hmm. and the, so like if I just, so just to <laughs> toot my own horn um, the designing things for the Iron Kingdoms RPG, uh, mm-hmm. and there is a Kickstarter coming up soon for a new book, which I wrote <laughs> on for that. Um, the the challenge there is that you can write D and D stuff, and the question is, do you need to worry about every other single book that is out mm-hmm. for D and D? Now, you could also think the same way of like World of Darkness. And you think, mm-hmm. is this balanced with everything from this other faction that also exists in World of Darkness? Is everything balanced? And the thing is, is like sometimes it's great for that, and Chronicles of Darkness achieved that a bit because it comes from a, a basic core game of of 
Chronicles of Darkness where you play mortals and it has rules for ghosts. Mm-hmm. Ghosts run the, are the rules for spirits. That's all the same across the board. So anything that uses those rules all comes from the same point of reference. And with D&D writing, I was like, look, so long as this material works with the other books that have been produced for Iron Kingdoms and works with the rules in the from you know basic D&D, you know, Dungeon yeah. Master's book, blah, blah, blah. I feel that's enough because there's too many, there are too many variables and mm. I don't have the time nor inclination to go through every single popular D&D expansion book and trying to yeah. count for every edge case where a mm. player's going to go, I'm going to take this class, multi-class here, multi-class here, combine these powers together which gives me a ridiculous action economy. It's like, yeah, I I think sometimes that has to be that judgment call of going, no, screw that. As a player, you're not. I can't allow that in the game because it just breaks the enjoyment for everyone else at the table. Yeah, and I think as players, you have to acknowledge that as well. I think that's the role of the GM. And so bringing that back to Necromunda, I think mm-hmm. that's also the same thing because. If I look at my bookcase, there is the Necromunda rulebook, mm-hmm. there's the now defunct Gangs of the Underhive hardback, which yeah. has all the six main gangs in. There's now also, and I need to get every single one, I've only got the Van Saar book right now, is the right. gang books, yeah, which add a whole lo- load of other bits in there. Then you also have the Book of Ruin, the Book of Peril, the Book of Law, mm-hmm. um... The Dark Uprising rule book, which has a campaign in there. Uh, you've got the Ash Waste book, which has a campaign in there. You've got all these books, right? And yeah. oh yeah, it's the Book of Judgment, not the Book of Law, Book of Judgment. Yes, that's it. Yeah. So there's so many options across the board that it's impossible to to account for everything to do yeah. full balance because there's going to be some combination that if it's allowed, is going to break the game and break enjoyment in the campaign for everyone. Yeah. But that's the rule of an arbitrator to go like, oh, I can see this as being like, this isn't, this is leading the campaign to be a bit unfair. And you just got to have the balls to say to that player, look, I'm going to, we're going to have to, you know, yeah, we're going to have to nerf that. Yeah. I'll give you something, you can swap in and out, get something else for, for your gang that kind of has the same that you can use the rules for that instead. It just that this combination is is really just killing the campaign. Or you just have to also say, look, we can't use every book. Like you can't mm-hmm. use all of the stuff out of the black market in Book of Judgment and then all the stuff in another book and then all the other stuff. It's just there's yeah. too many options. And so yeah. you kind of have to define your campaign. But that's the yeah. same as a role play game. Yeah, it's exactly the same as a role-play game, and I totally agree. You need to say, we're using this, we're not using this, X, Y, Z, because otherwise it's a headache for anyone in the campaign, but also it just makes it more fun, and also it gives you a bit of fun in terms of you could say, well, this shit's on the black market for the next two months of real time, and then we're going to switch the black market up. You know, you can actually, by bringing stuff in and out, make the campaign even more interesting because shit comes available or goes out of fashion or you know maybe there's more enforcers on the street for a while because the the governor's been told to and then in the next phase of the campaign there isn't you can really use that flexibility and limitations to 
run the campaign to a great pace I think it's a good it's got a lot to let you pace it how you want to and Necromund has always been broken because it used to be d6 plague zombies for 10 credits for scavies and it was ridiculous because you drop 50 mm. credits and roll you could have up to 30 plague zombies it was stupid and ridiculous well that right. wouldn't even be viable in the new no not even viable not even possible I mean I'm sure done. I'm sure they'll figure something out um I mean we still got yeah. tons still of of the underhive to explore so much. i mean we still oh yeah. we don't have muties back yet nope. we don't have no scavies spira hunters yeah <laughs> we don't have <laughs> rat skins but then i think we're not gonna I think they're gonna be redone i think they'll be redone, they'll be redone completely redone. differently yeah not even called rat skins yeah. there will be i think hive native kind of thing but yeah they're not going to do that so i think we should wrap up but i've got a big question oh, yeah. for you right so it's free thumbs up for necromunda from us because we're mutants um but here is the big question what is your favourite miniature in the whole of the modern Necromunda line? Oh, Jesus, that's a... I should warn you, there is a right answer to this. It's gone quite well, a... actually, I, I do know. I think I know which yeah. I will pick, because he, uh, as miniatures look, he's pretty boss. Um, mm-hmm. We will go with the... Um, I can't remember its name, but we'll go with the squat. With the bolt gun and the uh, yeah, power and hammer. I mean, he's called like Bjorn Bjorsson, isn't he? He's got a very yeah. old squat name, hasn't he? Yeah, that is a wicked miniature. The correct answer is, of course, the Cordor Bomb Rats. The uh, Cordor Bomb Rats <laughs> yeah, being right. the best thing, because it's a rat with dynamite stuck to it. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Well, that's great. I mean, I'm excited to play Necromunda, because I, I don't get to play it that much. And I'm, I'm, my friend has a whole collection that we're ready to play with, and we should play. We, we need to meet up and play some games. Yeah, we need to start doing that. Um, yeah, I think absolutely. the moment I've finished, the moment I've finished learning to drive and I pass my test, yeah. that will be uh, a lot easier because we'll it will be nice to go down yeah. to Warhammer World and play yeah. there, play and I can bring big... terrain. But oh my god, they also we just IP table. They've yeah, got one of those we'll tables good... where when you finish, you've lost a miniature. You know when yeah. you, you go, God damn it, I forgot that guy behind the pipe. <laughs> but yeah, also keep a yeah. weather eye on pandemiciness because yes. it's just it's yeah. such a. But yeah, yeah, we'll figure it unfortunately. out. Unfortunately, yeah. Ace, um, well, thank you for the rebirth, for the for the uh, taking yeah. us in your fold into the Dark Hammer family. Um, we have been put on the anvil of apotheosis and reformed. Uh, and yeah, here's to many, many more episodes where we just what have we got? What have we got planned as things to cover coming up? I mean, I guess we'll have to talk uh, more about chat. Warcry. Heresy, Warcry, um, Black Library chat, you know, good Black Library books, good ins. We kind of covered it with Eisenhorn in a way, but there's a lot more to chat about that. The, the continuing story of Age of Sigmar, what's going on? Now Kragnos is back, it, or, or even the non-continuing story. Have GW put the brakes on onto Warcry? What's going on? Let's uh, well, Warcry, Age of Sigmar. new stuff coming Sorry, up, meant, hasn't it? Yeah, for the Age of B. Sorry, I meant the, 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 the sort of the overall story. They've sort of pumped the brakes a little bit since Kragnos has come back. It's kind of not much is, not much is going. But we're gonna we'll we'll uncover that. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot the a lot. I mean, yeah, we've got like opinions on what the new Sylvaneth stuff to talk about. Oh yeah, um, those boys. Yeah, pretty cool that. models. Uh, yeah. one page, the one, one page rules, which I've not played. That's interesting. Oh, so um, good. Yeah. I'm sure there's some discussion at some point to be said about some other wargaming stuff at some point because that might fit yeah. under the kind of discussion. Well, like, yeah, I really Slips need like I've I've read it. It's good. I need to 
paint mm-hmm. some at some point, and I'm trying to get through my backlog. But Batman Miniatures game, I do like the, <laughs> the current rules of. Just yeah. I've not played it yet. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Pandemics we'll for you. My, my friend's right got a then. big collection of that as well. Anyway, great. Okay. Yes. Well, thanks very much, Chris, and thanks for listening, everyone, and for following us over to Dark Hammer. And we'll see you all soon. Next time, we might even have a Brendan with us, just yelling at us about I don't know freedom and things like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right, see you guys. <laughs> right. Bye bye.